0: everyone, welcome to Star Trek, the next conversation, the only Star Trek podcast you need, period. I'm Matt. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'm Matt, I said. No one's going to know who you are. Who am I? I'm Andy. Andy. You're Andy. (laughs) That's who I am. Oh my God. What a mess. Oh, you half thought I was uh, doing a bit, right? About what? Who you are. (laughs) Is that why you didn't know your name? That, that, I did, that I thought for a second you didn't know my
1: name? Is no, no, I thought saying?
0: your bit was you thought that I was pretending that you were another person. Not Andy. Maybe like uh, <laughs> Anonymous Crewman <laughs> 7. You mean like a Carl Reiner Mel Brooks routine? Yeah,
1: like that's what I thought was
0: happening here. I thought we were the 2,000-year-old man. Well, I am your professor. <laughs> Uh All right. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, it's fun to be back at you weekly. I hope you're all enjoying the pods. I hope you're all staying sane out there and letting Star Trek guide you to a simpler time when We've got many, humanity many worked out all their problems. And,
1: uh, and supportive messages uh, thanking us for the extra content. Good. I'm telling. just telling Matt, you guys know that because you've written in.
0: You guys knew that because you did it. Um. So, Andy, it's time. We're going to talk about Season 5, Episode 17, The Outcast. And uh, as we go, I should answer the following question. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Oh, this is just some good sci-fi right here. A little outdated, but yeah. <laughs> it's a flat, flat yes. You don't get a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, what else are you doing right now?
1: Well, that's true. I didn't realize we were grading on a curve.
0: <laughs> I think uh, it, you know, we're, everything should be wrapped around what is everyone doing right now. Well, then, shouldn't the yes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Andy, I suppose it's time to go to the Admiral's Club. It sure is, buddy. All I got to do now... Thanks to the new soundboard, is hit a button. leave a
2: five star review and join the Admiral's Club.
0: Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Oh, Andy, all they gotta do is head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. If you're outside the United States and you're worried we haven't seen your five-star review, go ahead and email those to us at Uh,
1: STTNCPod at gmail.com
0: There you go Andy, who is the first new entrant into the Admirals Club? The
1: first one is, and the only one today is M. Price, PDX uh, who writes us, fun during quarantine (laughs) While I love this podcast I've learned so much about TNG and other various Star Trek shows Uh, I'm writing this review to say hi to my husband Stephen Price, frequent commenter uh, patron, Jeffrey's tube fan Hello, Who's,
0: Stephen Price's wife.
1: And she's uh, saying hi to him because he's currently working from home in the dining room. Um, <laughs> because of this podcast, <laughs> I uh, bought uh, Stephen his own copy of the compendium, and now our oldest son, Malcolm, has memorized its contents and loves studying blueprints of ships. Oh, Matt, my God. This is
0: your future. That's amazing.
1: Love this podcast. Uh, have been a Matt. Myra podcast fan For a decade or more I'm one of the rare Egghead TNC crossover listeners Wow Um, Thank you for your Happy For the happy distraction During these weird times Emily
0: Emily Right back at you. Thank you for Following me along On thousands of episodes Of podcasts
1: I think there are a lot of egghead TNC crossovers.
0: There are uh, a lot of. I think a lot of the Star too. Trek
1: fans, uh, when they go over to to Excellent Adventure, they're they're like, "Oh, now I have to really inform myself about artificial insemination." And in the same way that people come over here, like, "Oh, I have to watch Star Trek now."
0: Well, look, I think uh, if you inseminate a husk. And that has yeah. a baby, as the race <laughs> in the outcast a, does. <laughs> You're gonna was be a, like
1: a, uh, an insemination themed yeah,
0: episode. I get this. I'm an egg I'm an excellent adventure fan. I understand what's happening here. Riker's <laughs> confused, good, but I'm it's not. A, it's a good episode for you to jump over. Oh yeah. Uh, so that is the Admiral's Club. And that was the Admiral's Club. Why why don't the uh, uh,
1: president circle, my friend?
0: All I got to do is walk right over to the door.
3: (laughs) The United Federation
0: of Planets President Circle. Oh boy! Up the hollow DJ is still not an essential employee. He's not here, Uh, so. Andy, <laughs> President Circle, it's feels, a great place. It feels like we could have automated. That. Sure, go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC if you'd like to become a member of the President Circle, and uh, over there you'll find access to so many podcasts of extra material. Andy and I, while this is going, we're doing four bonus episodes a month. Uh, presidents get access to all four. Lieutenants get access to two and uh, just head over. Check it out. Become a member. And if you're a president and you leave us a message, you are eligible to win the CRISPR Pike Medal of Valor or rather be awarded. You don't really win a medal unless it's a athletic event. So you're being awarded the medal. I think valor. you win it. You win it by going above and beyond. <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, who's our first CRISPR Pike Medal of Valor awardee? Uh, we got a lot of them today um,
1: because not as many people are for some reason writing into sdtncpod at gmail dot com, which is fine
0: by me. Look, um, it feels like we're really doing this podcast for a select for, for a few hundred people. people. <laughs> like, that. well,
1: interestingly, it may you know it may be since we've added the extra content, we've had a lot of people uh, join up, and we really appreciate it, and um, are glad you're enjoying it. Um. So maybe that most of our diehards are just in the president's circle now. That's or minimally at the lieutenant's Probably level. accurate, um, because we have a posting now where if you want to go over there and write in, then uh, we give your we make it a priority one message. Um. So our first is Neil Stud, Lieutenant Neil Stud, who writes us. Hey guys, I uh, just wanted to say a massive thank you for all the extra content and distraction during these tough times. My wife gave birth to a baby boy three days before the UK lockdown Mazel began. Tov. Mazel tov. to you, sir. Uh, so we're finding it quite tough that nobody has been able to meet him yet. Uh, but at least we have your meandering discussions, discussions to keep us occupied. <laughs> and meander they will. Thank you. And congratulations. Congratulations, Neil, to you and your wife.
0: Now play that baby some Star Trek.
1: Um... So our next is from Lieutenant Ren Hart, who writes a Sue question. uh, What does Alexander do all day? School, I assume. But do they just shove their kids in a daycare or something outside school? Everyone hates on poor Alexander, but the Enterprise almost blows up weekly and Worf is always out late, late playing poker. No wonder the kid acts out. (laughs) Also, do you think the thousand other people who aren't the main characters on the ship have any idea the risk they're in? Do they get briefed on what's going on? What does the flagship, uh, why does the flagship have so many people on it? I think this is a Fantastic question. If every time is just like a deity or some weird alien is like taking over the ship, if there's like an inter office memo that's like, by the way, this is why everything's so weird.
0: Uh, Look, I'm sure there are department briefings every morning at 0700. We've seen them with Reg, Reg Barkley, at that engineering briefing. Uh, And I think in those briefings, they probably discuss what's happening. You know, they get reports from the previous shift.
1: But can you imagine all the rumors and gossip and like discussions at lunch of just like this feels like what do you prime, think it is
0: prime comedic uh, ground for the animated series lower decks to cover coming to yeah. CBS all access
1: um, uh, lower decks. Uh, Matt and I are uh, fully available to write a spec anytime you want. <laughs>
0: Um, Mark, my Movie friends, King... my friends, an EP, and I have nothing to do with the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: maybe, uh, maybe you weren't we weren't uh, friendly enough.
0: <laughs> oh no, we're very tight.
1: Um, Lieutenant Mark Movie King Schultis writes us, a frequent commenter. Also, uh, the only thing ethics was missing was a love triangle between Crusher, Doctor Meow Meow, and George Clooney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matt really <laughs> fixated on how uh, that lady looks like she has a cat, uh, which I do, too. So, frankly, I took a little offense. I'm sorry, Andy. Uh, Just love you guys. Facts are Givings. facts. Sorry? Facts are facts. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do dress similar to that lady. <laughs> love you guys, Dress uh, giving Nurse Ogawa the prop she deserves, and I so wish I could watch Cause and Effect with you guys. Can't wait for that episode.
0: Oh, you will be able to watch it with us. It's coming up, uh, I think, in this season, right? is he saying that because
1: nurse Ogawa plays a big part or is it just Ogawa's with... in it yeah huh. um, uh, cause, oh my last... god
0: cause and effect is next week oh, oh it's not our last andy season. it's exciting oh really here we go love well that you're going episode. to watch it with us oh look at this we got a nice little run coming up here yeah cause and effect and the first duty huh i'm loving it oh then things take a turn <laughs>
1: <laughs> doesn't that happen sometimes in shows it's very mm-hmm. interesting that it'll be like oh they are in their zone and I mean then look at this it's Here almost like they've, they're they exhausted at the end of, the, of a run of like four or five good episodes <laughs> and they're just like I don't know so of the Crusher nine of the
0: next nine episodes of season five the, la- the back nine yeah. I really really like one two three Four, five. I like five and a half of them a a bunch. Yeah. So more more good than bad coming, everybody.
1: Well, when it's good we enjoy it. When it's bad we have a lot to say. So it's a win win. Um uh Lieutenant Greg Nusson, uh hope I'm getting it, uh says, Hey guys, just listened to the ethics episode, and I agree with mostly everything you said. As a suicide survivor, I thought I'd offer a slightly different perspective. I found the discussions around assisted suicide and the ownership of a life to be actually quite profound and nuanced considering the time. I'm always interested in these types of discussions. There was an enormous blow-up around this subject when Robin Williams died, you might recall. Mm -hmm. I thought the writers on TNG handled the subject fairly well, if a bit clumsily. Suicide is an inherently selfish act that ironically involves an indefinite web of people, and I was moved by the way ethics attempted to tackle such a massive question. Thanks for the podcast. It has been an enormous salvo during this crazy time. Greg Nuss, oh, he says it at the end Greg Nussin, pronounced like nothing.
0: Thank you, Greg, and uh, we're glad you're still with us.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, if you say you're a suicide survivor, are you? The person who was uh, possibly going to uh, uh, do something, or was it? Uh, no, I assume. Are you a survivor someone else's?
0: No, I think or I... attempted. Act? Oh, whoa, Andy, you put the term in a whole other light. I wasn't even seeing. I assumed it was the latter. But whatever the case,
1: yes, we're glad you're with us. Uh, we're glad that uh, whoever was near and dear to you is with you, and. Um, um, and thank you for your uh, illuminating points. Um, we certainly welcome anybody who has firsthand knowledge above our dumb heads to uh, comment on anything. I'm uh, uh, sure we're going to have a lot of comments on today's. Yeah. Um, and our last uh, President Circle Medal of Valor, uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, is awarded to our dear friend Nacho Lopez. I'm sure I'm completely off You've given me the pronunciation so many times Nacho, I apologize uh, As ordered, Matt's complicated jingle He, he ordered this a couple of weeks ago Nacho shot it right out to us and I was disorganized uh, Matt, if you would
0: Well You're calling it the cop What's the file name?
1: The file name is not another jingle Or uh, ultimate jingle, it's the they, other one
0: Ah, this is the audience Fixed it Yes. Right, here we go the latest and greatest from the brain of Nacho.
4: It made perfect sense. Matt didn't get it because he is way too tired. But somebody got it. Sent in a hail. And now the flood points <laughs> sign.
0: That is yeah. very handy. And really uh, I look forward to playing that very, very often. Thank you, Nacho. <laughs>
1: And then he said, "Okay, it's time we talk about payment. This is the price. Whenever Matt asks for a new jingle, which he did with this, uh, you have to play the reduced version of the ultimate jingle song attached, which is one of his, one of his great hits.
0: So that's another this one right here. Hang on.
4: If we add more music to this podcast, there will be no space in it to talk."
0: That was even more shortened because I had already started playing it and I played that was halfway through. You're welcome Nacho. That's extra (laughs) payment right there. Why would I double (laughs) the length of the thing he already wanted shorter? Fine. Uh, Here it is. Here it is. uh, Here it it is is probably appropriate time just to remind people. Matt is now in charge of Here it is. Matt has asked for yet another jingle. There's one thing that he must
4: understand. If we add more music to this podcast, there will be no space in it to talk.
0: No space in it to talk. So that is the shortened version of his ultimate jingle. So beautiful. So thank you, Nacho. Uh, but this is
1: the uh, this is the appropriate time to uh, remind people that Matt is now fully at the soundboard. That is why he's been so proud whenever he, he plays one of the jingles, because he edited them that last week. Uh, I, after years of, uh, build, uh, of trying board. to sync up. And he's doing the door, if if we weren't <laughs> on an actual ship, which we are. I'm just saying a theoretical universe <laughs> uh, where he's doing the doors and I'm doing the jingle, and he he married all of them. And he's so proud of himself. I'm very proud. But you know what? It's still hard to run a, a giant, even with even with your improved soundboard, it's hard to oh, keep for track sure. of every there's single uh, jingle. There's too so,
0: many There's literally...
1: Kind of, uh, does Everybody it, keep that in mind when you listen to the old episodes. So Kunda's doing the
0: best he can. <laughs> uh, I think there's about there's about 45 jingles yeah. that we have. Isn't that crazy? It's a lot. It is. Well, let's get out of the president's circle. They're bored of us. Let's head out to the hallway, shall we? <coughs> and while we're here, we might as well open up that hail bag. Captain, we are being hailed.
1: You could also marry those, but it's up to you. We—it's well, um, we, not right outside the door. Uh, you're right. We got to walk down. We the walk corridor. down. That like, really makes sense. It's at the next junction. I really apologize. Please. We should maybe we should do it in a jeffrey's tube. You are tube, a silly goose. <laughs> What's that? You're a silly goose. <laughs> maybe we should do it in the jeffrey's tube, just so we're not bothering people on the ship. Look, uh, let's oh. go. Captain, incoming message. incoming message. That's not used for that. Dear Andy, <laughs> first thing uh, in the episode about ethics, um, this is from FIBO, Um Matt wondered why they did not take Worf to a starbase or whatever for medical attention. This very question came up in the TOS episode, The Deadly Years. Several members of the crew were suffering from a rapid aging disease, and the Commodore, who they were Ubering to a starbase, kept banging on about how they needed to get to the starbase for the medical facilities. Despite everyone assuring him that the Enterprise's sickbay was adequate to handle the situation and that taking a shortcut through the neutral zone would just cheese off the Romulans, the Commodore decided to order the ship into the neutral zone and the Romulans got cheesed off. Fortunately, Kirk was able to come in and save the ship at the last second because Enterprise sickbay was in fact adequate to handle the situation. During the episode's denouement, uh, Kirk explains to the Commodore, there is very little a starbase can do that a starship can't. It's almost as if Kirk was responding
0: directly to Matt's comments. Wow. I feel like the audience... Really fix that one, Andy. <laughs> it
4: made perfect sense. Max didn't get it because he is way waiter died.
1: But somebody got it, sent in a hail, and now the flood point's high. Thank you. If you would like to comment on uh, this episode or any of our uh, our uh, our bonus pods, uh, go to Priority One Messages in our Patreon, and uh, you will uh, get priority access or you can write sttnc at gmail.com for free um and your hell will also be uh given a gander and given consideration um if you'd like to uh, tweet at uh, the gentleman uh in a different room from i am in a different house uh somewhere else it's at (laughs) matt myra uh my instagram handle is at andrew secunda my twitter handle is at secunda and if you'd like to call in um, Been light on that On the voice hails lately 816 Trek TNC 816
0: Trek TNC Jingle That should be a jingle uh, Okay Next Is that it? That's close, the hails? You gotta close the hail bag That was the close of the hails? I mean yeah. You guys really should Hail us I don't even... I don't even I'm know. i looking for that. i will just say, uh, this week... Uh, is
1: closed, sir. What do we have coming up? What do we just While I'm on? looking
0: for that... It was right there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we have... What did we just record? I'm so... What are you talking about? I'm so
1: perplexed. About? In Patreon, what was the last thing we recorded?
0: Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. And then we got Captain Marvel coming up next month. Yeah. And I'm, we're trying to break it down. We can't promise, but we're trying to break it down so we do... Uh, one new piece of bonus content a, week. a weekish, yeah. so uh, ballpark it'll be. Uh, don't ballpark it.
0: We don't know how long this thing lasts. We're trying to give you four episodes a month if you are a president, two episodes extra a month if you are a lieutenant. I am just
1: telling them what's in there. I am not telling them the schedule. Oh, I am just, I am just saying. First week will be our our disco episodes. We're in the middle of season two. Second week uh, MCU. Third week Enterprise. Uh, We're doing Enterprise now. And then fourth week, uh, Voyager. Um, We're dipping into Voyager, jumping far ahead in the future, just like Voyager jumped
0: across the universe. And we'll never get Um, back unless we destroy the Borg.
1: And we may play with it a little bit, but as Matt says, we're doing this now because we're trapped in our homes.
0: Well, I have stuff I could do, but I would actually just like to help everybody else Listen to Andy and I argue and agree while arguing.
1: Or argue and then fully agree on our landing point, <laughs> even though we're still arguing.
0: That's us. All right. I suppose the hailing frequencies have been closed. That's correct. And it's so time for a little This Day and Trek. So, Andy, we're going to talk about The Outcast, which aired the uh, week of March. 16th, 1992. Sure did, buddy. What was happening, Andy?
1: In that special week, uh, people in the U.S. were listening to Save the Best for Last" by Vanessa Williams.
0: Oh, it's a good 90s synth in there. Did they use synth
1: to the degree that they used it? Because they were just excited, like, ooh, we have this sound. Or was it cheaper? Do you have any
0: idea? I think it was just the sound people enjoyed hearing at that time. People liked it. Yeah. It was a sound that was in vogue.
1: So interesting. In the UK, uh, Stay by Shakespeare's Sister was in the top five. uh, And The Player by Robert Altman was one of the most viewed movies. Um, if you guys haven't seen The Player, it's fantastic. One of my favorite movies. Um, check it out. Um, Box by Nicholson Baker was one of the best-selling books. Uh, famous people born on this day include Tim Hardaway. Oh, Yep. And, wow. yeah. and uh, Time Magazine uh, cover was Jay Leno taking over the throne after Carson's remarkable 30-year reign.
0: And then the cover when he took it over again after he gave it to Conan was probably not him. Yeah. Because nobody cared by then. I don't hear me on my microphone again. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Why was that so low? Check, check, check. God, I hope the first 20 minutes are salvageable.
1: Do you want to cut and check 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 what's up do you want to cut and double check <laughs> so we don't have a repeat uh, I will remind you I asked you this last time check, early check. in the podcast and you said no no it'll be fine
0: <laughs> yeah I, I had everything I thought I had everything well whatever it was it was on my my mic was up not up all the way you know what I mean not as high as it should have been
1: Do you want to double check, or you want to keep moving forward?
0: What the hell? I don't have time to go back and do the twenty minutes. So, all right, it is what it is. Very good, Alpha. Salvage it, Andy. I will salvage it like some sort of police salvage a cold case. What? I don't know. Go watch Bosch, everyone, on Amazon. It's a lot of fun. We're back in. Oh, wait, that was all the news, Andy? That was it. Oh. oh, 1992, a simpler time. Suppose we should ask the following question everyone else is wondering.
1: Frank Sinatra, oh. come on. Da, 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 da.
0: It's time for that segment everybody hates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on. Fly me to
0: Andy, what was going on with the chairman of the board? I'll tell you, buddy.
1: This was a travel day for Frank Uh, the previous night. (laughs) Previous night, old Frank had uh, performed, old Blue Eyes had performed at the Sands in Atlantic City. He was on his way down to Fort Lauderdale in Florida for five nights at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts.
0: Wow. Five nights in a row of Frankie, baby. You know what's interesting? is is this stupid
1: segment has kind of picked the perfect person because Frank was apparently
0: constantly performing <laughs> I mean, even at this late date in his career. I think he performed straight through the end of TNG. Jesus. You guys better start thinking about, uh,
1: as we go into DS9, who the uh, equivalent of Frank is going to be after uh,
0: Frank stops performing. (laughs) That's a good question. Probably Harry Connick Jr., but I don't think there are detailed records. (laughs) What
1: was Harry Connick (laughs) Harry Connick, come on! (laughs) All right, (laughs) Andy. Harry Connick Jr., come on!
0: (laughs) All right. It's time to talk about the outcast. Okay, so this... Uh, directed by Robert Shearer, written by the great Jerry Taylor. And uh, here is the plot as summarized by Dr. Trek himself, Larry Nemechek, out of the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. The Janai, an androgynous race, asked the Enterprise for help locating a missing shuttle. The end. That's all he wrote. That's weird. No, I'm kidding. Wow. I just really skipped on a point. page accidentally. Uh, an abnormality called a null space proves to be a cause of the disappearance. Riker works to recover the Jani shuttle pilot... Uh, works to recover oh. it with the Jani shuttle pilot. Ugh, this is the slowest app in the world. Kindle. Named Soren. the two become fast friends even to the point of comparing their culture's mating habits. Soren tells Riker that sexual preference is banned in the Jani and that all nonconformists are treating to a brainwashing, quote, cure, quote. Uh, Soren insists on coming along on the rescue mission where Riker uh, reveals that she has female tendencies. She'd always been too scared to admit it. Soren is injured on the flight, delaying their search, but now grows bolder and admits her feelings for Riker. He finds himself uh, falling too. But they present a professional front while rescuing the shuttle and its near-dead survivors. Hours uh, after the two share a kiss at the night celebration party, the Janai Kreit... The Janai Kreit... Kreit is the name of the Janai... ...detects what's going on and takes Soren into custody with no warning. Enraged, Riker crashes Soren's trial and tries to defend her, but she omits her feelings in an impassioned plea for acceptance that falls on deaf ears... Despite Picard's warnings that the rash act could ruin him, Riker tries to free her with Worf's help, uh, but it's too late. The therapy, quote-unquote, has already taken hold and Soren renounces her feelings for him. A bitter Riker returns to the ship and assures Picard his business on the J'Nai is finished. Whew. All right, let's start. Okay, Andy, let's jump on in to Season 5, Episode 17, The Outcast
5: captain's log, stardate four five six one four point six we have been contacted by an androgynous race called the Genai to investigate the mysterious disappearance of one of their shuttlecraft
0: captain we are- is it just me or did they just completely move riker's chair to accommodate the seated position <laughs> <laughs> it might be on a swivel we don't know <laughs> well it does swivel but that seems like a complete pivot out of place now move it the first over. thing that struck me <laughs> about this was I've never seen an alien race with so many members present on the bridge of the enterprise
1: that's a really good
0: point you know usually it's like the president or queen or prime minister and two aides
1: <laughs> you can't make clear they're all the same gem gender with only four of them. you need ten of them <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, here's what I will say. After that scene where Wharf is in the poker room uh, playing poker and talks about how they make him uncomfortable, yeah, I then was watching Michael Dorn, and he's he carries that through in his performance. Like he'll just be in the back staring at one of them. <laughs> it's, great. it's really fascinating. Although
1: I w- we're jumping in uh, before the scene, but I- that is strange to me. Because his main, the thing that seems to bother him is—is
0: is, well, I don't know. Maybe car I'll, I'll say the horse. For that scene. Huh? We're putting the car before the horse. Let's okay, get there. Well, we'll I get jumped to the we'll gun. Get to it. I, I, that was me.
1: We are approaching the designated coordinates
5: on screen. Long-range scan,
6: Mister Data. The sensors find no evidence of the shuttle anywhere within the star system.
7: It couldn't have traveled outside the system.
6: Mr. Data, reconfigure high-resolution sweep. Radius, one million kilometers. Check for any debris. Scans find no debris within that radius.
7: I don't understand it. A shuttle doesn't simply vanish. There has to be an explanation.
6: Captain, I'm detecting an unusual reading. It appears to be a neutrino emission with no visible source. Explanation. I have none, sir. I recommend we launch a probe.
2: Make it so probe is launched sensors show
6: no evidence of any unusual phenomenon
2: probe is no longer transmitting
7: what happened where did it go
0: I'm gonna look closer nope it's still not there (laughs) <laughs> he just walks to the view screen. And that's the Cold Open. Uh I'll tell you, watching the Cold Open again, I was like, oh, this is gonna be this should be a fun science fiction filled m- Star Trek episode full of techno babble or malicious aliens. But it's neither. Oh, really? I feel
1: like it the techno babble is super heavy at the top of this episode. Um I feel like there's more techno babble in the first half of this episode than maybe I've ever heard. Um, well. it's, just, it's just Riker and um, and Soren just just constantly yammering. <laughs> that's true. That's their point of connection. Yeah. Piloting. What is
5: called null space, an anomaly which until now had been only theoretical. Commander Riker has been working around the clock.
0: I wish it was Nell Space and there was a giant Jodie Foster out there hovering. <laughs> Why am I part of this podcast? I say those things because I know Andy hates it. <laughs> or if it was just Nell Carter singing some Broadway tune. This is embarrassing in for space. everyone
1: here and everyone listening.
0: Nell Space, ladies and gentlemen. Let's look it up. Let's find out if it exists. now with a team
5: of Janai specialists to formalize this hypothesis.
0: By but- the way, let's talk about Captain Picard's uh, Captain's Log. He really hammers that androgyny thing in his Captain's Log. <laughs> An androgynous very... race. Like, why <laughs> does he need to say that to his log?
1: He, he really is, he, wants, he wants the log to back him up. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> right, computer? <laughs> I mean, it's wild. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh, uh, uh, also... I know why because this is the this is the story they're telling but Riker's job here feels like it would be a Jordi or data situation.
1: Riker's job feels like oh yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah. like piloting the shuttle and you know, frankly working this, with this race on the uh, this on the research. would have
1: been a better Jordi story anyway.
0: I in some ways agree with you but I think what I like about it being a Riker story is we always think of the ladies man on the ship as being Riker
1: right like he's 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 attractive to both genders that's how attractive he is yeah I suppose at
0: the end of this you don't you feel horrible that uh, she was brainwashed yeah and uh, a little sad for Riker yeah but you feel like at the end of the day, Riker's going to be okay. He'll find someone else. If it was Geordi, you'd be like, oh, that was a shot. That was his one shot right. his at happiness. It's gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he never gets it again. So at least he has a moment <laughs> if yeah. we play it that way. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think, I think they're, they're because of how, what, what they're trying to comment on. It's probably better if you put the, the quintessential man's man on yeah. one side of it. But, In the creation uh, of a, but that being said, it still would have been interesting with Jordy.
7: Star system. When clouds of interstellar dust and gas coalesce, turbulent regions of magnetic and gravitational fields may develop. If certain conditions occur, these fields can condense into abnormal
1: pockets of space.
6: We think your system contains one of these null pockets. See
1: what I'm talking about? If we're about? right, the pocket are... Charts like graphs and people talking about science. <laughs> 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 That's uh, true.
0: Uh, By the way, great graphics,
1: I assume, by Michael Okuda.
0: Yeah. Uh, What I don't... (laughs) I find funny is that they all have the same haircut. Like, they all have the same bowl haircut. And I suppose if I really thought back to other alien races, there'd be a lot of similar hair. But like Vulcans, for instance, a lot of them have the bowl haircut. I mean, all of them do, I guess. It's just weird. It, It sticks out more here. I don't know why. On this planet, our gender is all Mo from the Three Stooges. It is like they're at a Stooges convention.
1: <laughs> I don't. I actually
0: don't mind the hair.
1: They're I in a tiny they...
0: ballroom there to discuss the later work of Mo Howard.
1: We <laughs> uh, <Why> are <laughs> <they're> genderless, <laughs> just like Mo Howard. Let us um, discuss
0: Mo's greatest profession, plumber, and then they show. <laughs> Um,
1: the uh, the the hair doesn't bother me. I actually think that's that's a fine choice. The the marker on their heads, that really to me is dumb.
0: Marker. It's very. It's it's. Oh, you think I, the I don't shading mind the on their the little, is... little
1: bumps, but the the marker on their heads is one of the most unconvincing makeup jobs in Star Trek wow. history. I believe. Wow.
0: Wow, Andy, that is bold. Look at it. There's plenty more coming that you'll be like. That's less convincing. I bring back the <laughs> that's marker <fair>. heads. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess I'm forgetting days. the the key element that's yeah. revealed at the, the end. The crew of that has time. survived. Oh, no, trapped, we could send
0: uh, in one of our own <laughs> shuttles,
6: but its energy would <laughs> right also sir. be absorbed. Our chief engineer is working on a way to maintain the power reserves long enough to rescue your crew,
1: Commander.
2: We're grateful for your help. Whatever resources we can provide are yours.
0: You know, for a, for an androgynous race, they did cast a lot of females.
1: I think uh, in that thing you sent me uh, about Berman, which I watched, yeah. Um, uh, the, the I think uh, Frakes was requesting that Soren be played by a man because he yeah. felt like it would be a more uh, powerful, a, 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 you know, a more clear point and theme, and uh, he and and Berman shot him down.
0: But they, yeah, they shied away from it. Yep. And, uh, oh, pilot school, here we Danger come. Danger to rescue our crew. You can't pilot a shuttle you're not familiar with.
7: I happen to be a good pilot.
6: I happen to be a good pilot, too. And I know my way around the Starfleet shuttle.
0: So what if we team up?
7: When can we go over the shuttle flight operations? Right now.
0: You know, that's when we know she has female proclivity, proclivity Andy, because she... Says yes to a team up, not no. I'm a way better pilot than you, right? <laughs> That's the difference.
7: Is this the one?
0: This is it. Short range craft. I love
1: these shuttles. What's that? I love these shuttles. I think they're a really good design, and I think yeah, it's a good update on the old ones.
0: Star Trek Five. I think of most when i think of this shuttle oh is this shuttle dates back to star trek v? Oh yeah wow remember when they landed on the planet and uh then they crash it on the in the shuttle bay of the enterprise and yeah it's, and it's caught by that net
1: <laughs> well it's i guess that doesn't make as much sense then why would this design have stayed the same uh, monetary, reasons, and- monetary reasons,
0: monetary uh, reasons for the budget. The show was, <laughs> no, was in no, production. Oh, okay. Ten and one. If it ain't I'm broke, asking. don't fix it. Two 1,250-millicochran
6: cool. warp engines.
7: Looks like microfusion thrusters. Right armament?
6: None. Usually, but this one's been equipped with two type four phaser emitters. We'll use those to chart the null space. Time.
0: Probably should. Mister the, the Forge, once again. Now i have you know, watching it in HD, Andy. It's funny yeah. to me because you can, if you look at the side of the warp nacelle he's next to, yeah, it's just it's just um, quarter inch copper tubing for plumbing. <laughs> One, two, also, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Also in the shot
1: that you have up, <laughs> um, it, it also strikes me they not only gave them all the same haircut; they're like everyone in a colorless jumpsuit (laughs) (laughs) colorless shapeless jumpsuit but you'll all have space boots they will have no gender
0: they all have space boots though every race has a space heel federation has space heels
1: whatever gender you are you got to enjoy boots
0: look at this shuttlecraft 15 so many shuttles on the enterprise
6: get an idea of the size of the pocket he thinks the rate of energy absorption is linked to its size
7: I'm not sure how we'd go about mapping something we can't see.
6: Well, that's where the emitters come in. We shoot out a series of photon pulses into the pocket and chart where each one disappears. From that, we should get a
0: fairly complete outline.
7: Let's have a look at the controls. he <laughs>
1: Uh, it never ends. I was yeah. really like... Andy,
0: uh, you know, I guess I wasn't looking for it. It's kind of fascinating. Even though I was missing it. and it's yet...
1: fed- Well, this is, that's one of the other reasons that I'm just like, oh, this totally should have been Jordy from that side. Yeah. Because really, their point of connection isn't really the piloting. It's the engineering. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, it's, it's what I kind of like about it, just performance-wise, is the actor's... A, had to get through all this fucking techno babble, mm-hmm. and basically had to play this growing attraction beneath the techno babble. Like they're they're not saying anything that's that's sexy to each other, yeah, but they're I, still playing it that way. It's really interesting. Well,
0: they're they're sharing common interests. Yeah. At the top of this, which extends, and then at the ten forward scene, really is where we get down to brass tacks.
7: Let me try it. Propulsion system transfer conduits. Where's the schematic reactor assembly? Oh, there it is. Engine nacelles. There's nothing here that's unfamiliar. Navigational deflector, redundant graviton polarity source generator.
0: I see that your buttons also don't have words on them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. So they go to 10 forward. And uh, here we go.
7: For warmth.
0: Still sounds better than pea soup.
7: We are puzzling to you, aren't we? A little. It's
6: hard to grasp the idea of no gender.
7: It is just as hard for us to understand the... strange division Again, in your species. Again, this 30
0: years ago, so...
7: Males and females. You are male. Mm-hmm. Tell me about males. What is it makes you different from females?
6: <sighs> Snips and snails and puppy dog tails
7: have a dog's tail
0: i would have just said yes yes i do (laughs) uh let's just move on (laughs) an old nursery rhyme
6: girls are made from sugar and spice and boys are made from snips and snails
7: that makes it sound better to be female
6: it's an old-fashioned way of looking at the sexes not to say that there's no real difference between them physically men are bigger stronger in the upper body we have different sexual organs men can't bear young
7: what about feelings or um, emotional attitudes are they different
6: (sighs) most people think so but that's the kind of question that would take a lifetime to answer
0: you know what i like about the writing here is that the line of questioning at first comes off as like this is a weird line of questioning for this person to take. But then, when we get to like the fifth act or whatever, whichever act it is, where they explain she's, she says that she. Um,
1: Not she, Matt. She. We're gonna mess up, at we're gonna this mess up point, she to wants to identify
0: as a... as a she. So I'm giving her.
1: Oh, I the, see. Oh, clever. The
0: benefit of what she wants, right. the character. Sure. So. I could go they, them, those, whatever. <laughs> Point know, is, yeah, fair. Uh, was- the gender pronoun here I'll be using is she, because that's what she identifies herself as. So, fair. But again, a line of questioning for me didn't make sense until she started talking about her youth and her childhood and about how she had these feelings, had always had these feelings. Uh, so it does make way more sense that she's naturally curious about how a race that is gendered functions and what that separation of gender is like
1: so she's basically approaching it knowing But that's the only thing that sort of I backtracked but I think you're kind of getting at the answer which is I was like well why is she asking why was she asking all those questions if she knows the distinction but she's basically trying to open the conversation
0: yeah, well, also she's, like, curious about, like, hum- humans and what it's like. Because she's never really met an openly gendered species. Do you know what right. I'm saying?
1: I guess I guess where, where it was a little muddy for me is it feels like she's asking questions about what it's like to be one or the other gender when it suggests later that she already knows what it's like to be one of the other gender.
0: Well, she doesn't know what it's like to openly be. Is you that, know what I mean? I think she's asking about how the society functions. The interaction with society. Yeah, well, later how, she's asking
1: about genitalia, though. So,
0: Well, she's also curious about if she can get it on with Riker. I mean, that's the question I would ask Riker immediately, too. Can we get it on?
1: I guess this is where we, we're going to... Uh, Approach it, but this is where, to me, it's. I was, I was confused by like, well, not confused, but I was like, wouldn't she have, wouldn't she have um, accessed that information? This, if this was the primary sort of struggle in her life, wouldn't she have accessed that information about humans? I understand that we need to get it out in dialogue, but it felt like <laughs> uh, someone, someone who was like... she. They clearly paint yeah, her as well, there's a so difference. intelligent yeah. that she would have already done all the research. But,
0: you know, think about it like this. If you are curious about a profession or something, like if someone was curious about comedy writing, they could read all they wanted to about comedy writing, what a writer does what their life is like what it's like at work but if you meet one you're gonna ask the questions because you want to hear firsthand
1: i guess the questions would have been more refined they wouldn't have been the basic questions
0: oh sure yeah. but this is for television <laughs> well that doesn't mean you can't but you know refined. maybe not even because like some Star people i would very, ask somebody like very, well what do you do all day
1: you know How what it is it's like an... right right yeah, that's fair. And I, like I'm saying, like it's also possible that she's just like I'm going to start with general questions that open up this topic, and then we'll get more specific as we go, um, like an intelligent person would do. But I I do think Star Trek uh, th- that this series has on occasion been fantastically subtle in the dialogue in a way that you know they're playing to the top of their intelligence, uh, the characters' intelligence. So I've seen both.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did like when he asked when she when he was asked um, what what attracts him to a lady
7: who's ever taller leads Yeah.
0: Play that. Without the battle of the sexes, you probably don't have
6: as many arguments.
7: Just because we don't have gender doesn't mean we don't have conflicts. We are very strong minded. We love a good fight.
6: From the sound of it, there's not that much of a difference between our species.
7: Maybe not what kind of woman do you find attractive
6: I like one who's intelligent and sure of herself so I can talk with and get something back but the most important thing of all she has to laugh at my jokes
0: (laughs) tell me he nailed it that smooth talking riker i'm already in love i think it would have been funnier
1: if she if she was like just looked at him straight and was like well when you make one then i'll be sure to laugh at it
0: and then if he guffawed and fell out of his chair then you'd know yeah, that would love. have been cooler that would have been a cooler
1: interaction me is that the
7: kind of woman that all human males prefer
1: not at all
6: some like quiet demure women Others prefer a lot of energy. Some only respond to physical attractiveness. Others couldn't care less. There are no rules.
7: You make it sound very complex.
6: Believe me, it is.
7: Well, perhaps it is that complexity which makes the differences in the sexes so interesting. (laughs)
0: i'm (laughs) laughing because we've just cut to a shot of the uh what what was what was their name Uh, kiki krite (laughs) that's right that's right um how they just come over and like slide into the scene and yeah. normally you would look at that and go, oh, great. My, you know, one of my coworkers is enjoying a, a sit down with one of the Federation first office, whatever. Like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at that as suspicious. I know we have to move the plot along and that's why we have to look at that, like land on this moment. Like they're already. It's, a,
1: it's very. I assume that it's because of Soren's skills, but it's. It is interesting that they clearly are already suspicious of Soren before the the episode begins.
0: Yeah, so they must. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they must they have
1: chose chose her for this. Uh, this mission.
0: Well, look, they wanted the best person for the job, but also, or, sorry, the best Janai for the job but that doesn't mean they haven't been talking behind closed doors about how they feel like Janai prefers a gender. Yeah.
7: Good evening, Commander. Good evening. Please take my place, Crichton.
0: It also doesn't help that uh, those two dum-dums react like their parents just walked in on them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) i have to be yeah, going they they Thank based you for... on the level of danger they do not act like they're aware of the danger yes half as much as they should be
0: well i don't know that Riker is aware of it really like he can't tell much later the thing that they do yeah. at the end yeah yeah We're
7: going over the flight protocols commander it was very helpful
0: All right. So they go into the shuttle and uh, this conversation happens. Initiating computer task handoff.
7: Commander. What, out. Your... Tell me about your sexual organs. Uh, Is that an uncomfortable subject for humans? No, but it doesn't tend to be a topic of casual conversation. I'm interested in your mating practices. What is involved was two sexes.
6: Correcting course. Zero, two,
0: one, mark zero.
1: This is going to be my approach on dates from now on. Maybe.
0: You're just going to correct course?
1: Uh, no, I'm going to ask about <laughs> mating practices. Oh, and what are, you are gonna your say... mating practices?
7: <laughs> Our fetuses are incubated
1: what? in virus husks. I'm casually discussing this with you.
0: <laughs> uh... The parents inseminate... Well, that's what I'm unclear on. How do the parents inseminate the husk? Yeah. Like, is there... Does do, do, you, do they carry both sets of reproductive... Like, do they have ovaries and sperm hanging out?
1: Right. Do they both put the sperm
0: in the husk? Right. Or do they both put eggs in the husk? And the husk has... Like, it's unclear. Not that I... Also, where does the husk come from? Well, obviously, it comes from some sort of tree. <laughs> 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 obviously, enjoyable.
1: Less they enjoyable. They grow the fruit
6: for humans. They put the sperm in <laughs> the fruit sexual.
7: That's just the last step. Eating is a long ritual for us, full of variety and invention. I assure you, it is extremely pleasurable.
6: Pick up neutrino emission from within the null space.
7: That may be coming from our shuttle. I'll note these coordinates. I wonder. What? If a human and Janai would be sexually compatible?
0: I don't know. (laughs) By the way, in the next scene, so like inertial dampers go off because uh, the shuttle goes out of control. they go to the sick bay and i thought in the next scene i really thought she was gonna ask crusher (laughs) if they were if humans and janai were sexually compatible
1: hey doctor i just want (laughs) to really dig in on this topic um that's great
7: doctor you are female yes forgive me i do not mean to be rude but i'm curious what is it like
4: well, it's it's just the way I am. I've never really thought about what it's like. I notice you tend to have longer
7: hair, hmm. and you arrange it more elaborately. And you apply color to your bodies. Color. You put color on your mouth, and your eyes, your cheeks and much like,
0: your like fingernails. we do on our forehead ridges. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I put this with a marker this morning. I have a different set of colored markers for every day. I'm not um, doing anything. I like this. I like that Beverly's reaction is I don't know. It's just what I am. And I like. Uh, can I ask? May I ask you what is your take on the the makeup issue? Because it's something that never really even occurred to me until this moment, which is why, which is I think it's it's a really apt point that it's like oh that far in the future. When theoretically the genders, is...
0: yeah, I uh, I look at makeup like facial hair. You uh, know what I mean? Like, it's just a. It's like I sure I'll I have a beard. I like a beard. You know, uh-huh. somebody else might have a mustache. Somebody might be clean shaven. It's like and... wearing a hat or not wearing
1: a hat. Yeah, yeah. There is a gender attachment to it, but you guess you theoretically you could have said that uh, that they evolved past it, although evolved uh, past it being a- as linked to the genders but then you might that's what's interesting about this episode um is the aspect of it kind of it's kind of almost suggesting from the human point of view that that they've evolved past prejudice between their sexism between the genders yes but they still, um, they still bask in the differences between the genders. Is I think what they're trying to land on.
0: Yeah, it is. And I'm not, it's a very sort of progressively early '90s way to look at it. Um, yeah. Do you think they
1: succeed in that on that score? Uh, do they succeed like in in what? They're saying we've progressed past sexism between the genders, but we still bask in the differences between the genders. Do you think that they succeed in this episode in... Uh, again, having the headline that Matt and I are, are not, uh, not people who pat ourselves on the back for, for knowing enough about this to have a, a fully uh, uh, intelligent discussion on it. But just to take a stab at it, the... Um, Do you think that they succeed in where they land on, say, Riker's perspective about the genders? Do you think that they succeed in in his perspective being successfully progressive to a certain degree?
0: Uh, Do you mean like where he's saying men are stronger in the upper body? Yeah, I don't know. Just overall, that is certainly an area where
1: I was like, oh, where are they going to land the ship? I
0: think they land it as well as they could have
1: I understand but from our perspective
0: I, I don't have the right perspective I'm a male I don't know that's not for yeah. me to say okay so it's you know I would actually if any of the women out there uh, or maybe you don't even identify uh, with a gender you'd like to write in and tell us if you think they land by all means do you think yeah. they land? Huh? Do you think they land?
1: Um, because it's like... I, feel I don't like it's, I feel like it's wonky at various points. So I was opening I agree a that it's wonky. I don't know. It.
0: But I don't know, like, how...
1: We're obviously not the people That who, description... But I don't know.
0: We're on, it's our show, so <laughs> I don't know what to... Yeah, but it's like, how does uh, that... How huh? does his description of women... Like, I don't... It's wonky. I, it's right on I the edge. But I don't know it's, if that is an offensive description of women because i am not uh-huh do you know what i mean right like if he was if he was like if he was describing fatties like where are all the fat people in the future <laughs> i would be like well andy i don't know i think he landed it as well as he could but <laughs> <laughs> depends on what's in those replicators
1: is there an episode where it parallels the plight of fatties in the modern day oh, to the i of wish fatties in the future
0: i wish I love it anyway um, but yeah so that's that's sort of where I'm coming down on this it's like I don't know <laughs> you tell me <laughs> alright I don't. I can't speak to it but if he was describing uh, fat comedians named Matt then I'd be able to have a better response <laughs> well I
1: feel like you can reach a little bit farther outside to uh, make an evaluation but I agree with your essential well I point think that,
0: that well my evaluation is that to me it seems very at the t- unoffensive right to me and right. that's why I'm asking you're, you're, you're everyone saying, else You're not in a position to judge yeah, Please enlighten right. yeah. me That's fair If, it, if, if I'm incorrect yeah.
4: Thing to attract a woman Even when it's the most important thing on their minds
7: This is very confusing Then Are women considered more superior Or the men Neither
4: in the past
0: I do like I, mean, I, I will say this is a little ham-fisted yeah. how she has to think so hard about it instead, well, of, the, just, it instead just of just easily to saying her. the sentence oh in the past women
1: well theoretically it could be because this is so rarely brought up because the sexes are so equal now is what they're presenting
0: yeah. Like it's not it's not a topic of discussion anymore. But in Kirk's time women weren't allowed to be Starfleet captains in the original <laughs> series.
1: <laughs> that's where you Well, we're they, well they we don't know that they weren't allowed. No, no, they say that.
0: <gasps> in the original no, they series. Don't. Yeah, they do. Yeah. In the original no series. Way. It's, that's been retconned obviously with Captain Georgiou, et cetera. Plus in even in TOS even in the original series movies, we do see female captains. So, But that was, like, that was a line of dialogue in TOS.
1: That's so crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't remember that. Well, oh, wow.
0: Andy, you can't trust them to run a starship. They're so wacky, these ladies.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so nuts.
0: So to that point, that's why I think she's thinking too hard about that line. She should really yeah. just come right out with that and be like, well, in the past, women... We're treated like shit. (laughs) It's
3: the most important important thing on their minds.
7: (laughs) Wow. This is very confusing. Then, are women considered more superior? Or the men? Neither.
4: In the past, women were often considered weak and inferior. That hasn't been true for a long time. That will, your co-pilot is going to be fine. The injury
0: was minor. Glad to hear it. So did you I'm ask her you're about her really sexual with- organs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yet, Commander. Stand down, Riker. I will be able to complete the mission. No,
1: you know, no rush, no rush. Like no, just
0: <laughs> checking in.
7: What happened? What made the shuttle go into a spin?
6: A port in a cell must have nipped one of the protrusions from
0: the null pocket and shut it down.
7: Are we still on schedule then?
0: That depends on how you're doing. I like how Crusher picks up on this and then goes and gossips about it in the poker game.
1: It's so uncool! <laughs> She's a doctor! Uh, yeah, but it's also
0: <laughs> fucking. She didn't say anything about the condition of the patient. She kept her hypocrite of uh, the oath, but she also was being a good poker buddy.
1: Really, really giving out the juicy dish.
2: What is that?
7: Well, the Federation was founded in 2161,
4: so twos, sixes, and aces are wild.
2: That is a woman's game.
4: Oh, why is that?
2: All those wild cards, they support a weak hand. A man's game has no wild cards.
4: Let me get this straight. You're saying it's a woman's game because women are weak and need more help. Yes just this afternoon, I was insisting to
1: one of the Janai that those attitudes were but a distant memory. The Janai. Can I say, before we uh, oops. Uh, before we uh, move on for, to the second part of this conversation, this seemed off to me as Worf's take. I, I feel like in the I past, agree. and maybe it's been inferred, he's had a very positive perspective on Klingon women, certainly. And, and how on strong Tasha yar
0: Huh? And on Tasha.
1: And, and Tasha, you're a great yeah. point.
0: Yeah, it felt off, but it felt like they needed this conversation in the episode. So I think you're sort of, in a way, it was selling out Worf's character a little bit. Yeah, or, or a lot uh, to have someone have this this point of view. So this point of view could be brought up in the show
1: frankly even if you took out the top part of that conversation and just left in his reaction of the genii i think it would have been it would have been truer to his character like i could see him being like he believes there should be a difference in the sexes and he's uncomfortable with the fact that there's not with these this race but yeah yeah
0: i agree i agree entirely i do think it does sell out Worf's character so here here there, there let's go (laughs) well
2: they just do they're all alike no males, no females.
4: Well, I'm sure we're just as strange to them. Well, one of them seems to be overcoming the differences, at least in regards to one of us.
0: I love how Data's just there. <laughs> what are you saying, Doctor?
4: I could be wrong, but I get the definite impression that Sorin is attracted to Commander Riker.
2: A human and a Janari. Impossible.
0: <laughs> are, they, are they tiny cards? Or are Michael Dorn's hands enormous?
1: I think his hands are enormous. That's crazy. Good question. They didn't do forced perspective on the cards. Look (laughs) at how small those cards are. (laughs) They're really tiny.
2: These wild cards. (laughs) It's difficult to know what is is exactly in my hand.
0: However, I will
2: open with 50. 50.
0: They give him smaller cards. They have to give him smaller cards. Because <laughs> so in that hilarious. overhead they shot. They really do look smaller. In, in, his, in the overhead shot, the cards There's look no normal. There's no way.
1: There's no way they give him smaller cards. I, I think, think he they just have enormous hands.
0: No, I think they give him smaller cards. Go back to the shot. <laughs> I think they give him smaller cards to sell it. To sell <laughs> that he's a giant. That gi- would be
1: the dumbest thing ever. If but that look at how truth. tiny
0: the cards are. There is no world. Look, at, go to the look overhead at the, shot. No, no. Look at the look at the card, okay, and look at the okay. com badge. Okay. Now the size of the com badge is about this. Yeah. The card is the card is, I would say, two thirds a combat. Two thirds of the card is taken up by one com badge.
1: Uh, right. I think it's about half the com badge. No,
0: I think look at the look at the top of the delta to the bottom of the delta. Uh huh. And then look at the card. It's more than yeah. half. Oh
1: oh you're saying that the the badge is two thirds of the card. Yes. Yeah.
0: Agreed. So uh that's a smaller playing card.
1: Well come show me somebody else's.
0: I don't think anyone holds them up in a scene. Uh huh. No one has. There's no shot with anyone else looking at their cards. <laughs> I, but I think,
1: ever, If we ever get a chance to talk to Michael Dorn, I would love to I think to they gave him, him smaller question, that's, playing cards. That would be insanity. <laughs> it would completely make no sense that you only do Force Perspective for that one shot.
0: But just for Worf, like, his cards are smaller because he's supposed to be the big brute. Yeah. It is difficult to know what is exactly in my hand.
2: However,. I will open with 50.
0: Yeah. Now, now look at everybody else's cards compared to, I just think there, that he has enormous. I, I think it's a combination. He has big hands and those are smaller cards unless I'm being crazy. So I don't anyone out there this, but who knows the answer, know if it's write started. in, tell us, please. <laughs> What's the deal? You know, Andy, I like to fall in love while I'm optimizing the plasma flow. It's really,
1: it's a nerd's delight, this episode, of just, like, that's how I'm going to fall in love.
7: (laughs) I'd like to tell you something. (laughs)
1: Something that's not easy to say. Instruments, there's lights beeping, they're working on control panels. (laughs) I
7: find you attractive. I'm taking a terrible risk telling you that. It means revealing something to you, something that if it were known on my planet, would be very dangerous for me. Occasionally, among my people, there are a few who are born different who are throwbacks from the era when we all had gender. Some have strong inclinations to maleness, and some have urges to be female. I am one of the latter.
6: I have to admit, I had a feeling you were different.
7: I was hoping you would. But in front of Crichton and the others, I must be careful not to reveal myself. Why? On our world, these feelings are forbidden. Those who are discovered are shamed and ridiculed. And only by undergoing psychotectic therapy and having all elements of gender eliminated can they be accepted into society again. Those of us who have these urges live secret and guarded lives we seek each other out always hiding always terrified of being discovered
6: how long have you known that you were like this
7: i've known i was different all my life but i did not know how or why until i was older
6: and when you realized
7: remember when I was very young before I knew what I was there was a rumor at my school that one of the students preferred a gender in that case male
0: this is I think this is very good classic science fiction writing
1: well I wanted to ask I wanted to discuss that with you the um I did not. <laughs> Omar, get off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> he discovered how warm the keyboard is the other day, and it's really been causing me problems. <laughs> um, first of all, this this uh, this actress uh, Melinda Kalia does a fantastic job in this episode, I believe, mm-hmm. um, because she kind of she kind of chose, or it's written in the script, for them to be a little bit Vulcan-like in. I, and i assume it's to... well it's either you in. do that huh? or
0: you call everyone knuckleheads it's the only two things you can do with that hair <laughs>
1: <laughs> their hello is to poke each other in the eyes um
0: the only they, defense uh, <laughs> has been a hand
3: <laughs> right at
0: your nose all right i'm going to transport gets on the floor does it, Why right, I ought in to. a circle
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs>
0: Paging, the, the characterization dr. Is sort Howard, of... dr. fine dr Howard. <laughs> the
1: characterization is very is very uh, robotic and um, uh, I guess uh, so I guess within that I think she does a really excellent job of sort of teasing out the attraction and the flirtiness and like the intimate moments like this and I think it's really well done but it but to your point um, uh, I guess I I was, how how like I don't know. It's very difficult to get at this because I under, I agree with what you're saying. There that we're not the people to discuss this, but up until this point, I thought where the show was going was that this race is one gender, and our side uh, mostly. uh you know, emblematic by Worf is, is the one that's going to have prejudices and then I assumed there would be a, a sort of an interaction between Riker and, and the, the other uh, non-gendered person and then there would be pre- prejudice about it. So for them to take this turn that it's them having their own prejudice about not being gendered it kind of changed the point to me in a way that disturbed me
0: this, to me, as a child and as an adult watching it again, I th- this feels, this is an allegory for homosexuality. Uh-huh. Uh, and the way that she's describing her childhood and her feelings and her always having known and not knowing quite what it was, knowing that she shouldn't be open about her feelings, that all struck me as an allegory for homosexuality. Fully removing the gender aspect. Do you, know what so I'm saying? you
1: don't you feel like it's not any other LGBTQ? No, I, I don't.
0: I don't think that it was intended to be when it was written. Now I don't. I can't answer that for sure. Uh, but for me, it felt like uh, it felt like this was an allegory because if you think about the time that it was written. You know, AIDS pandemic was happening. It's the early '90s. Um, We're still a little bit away from having uh, our first uh, openly gay, you know, sitcom lead. You know, this is years before Will and Grace, obviously, and Ellen coming out um, on her show. So for me this always felt like it was much like the uh half black half white TOS race allegory this felt to me like homosexuality.
1: I mean I definitely agree with you that there there's it's a strong move and it's really impressive and uh and they go after it in a very impressive way. <clears throat> I'd just be surprised if there was no gender issues beyond homosexuality that they were tackling because they do address issues with pronouns, which, by the way, I thought they kind of – depending on how much, what was in their heads, they kind of missed the boat on saying, uh, oh, we call ourselves whatever they decided was the term because even if it existed um, – in uh in the q 2 q community at the time that it was that they could have uh at least established a star trek version of it um whereas they say it's unpronounceable instead but i'd be surprised that there was no do you know for a fact that it was just homosexuality that they were tackling or that's just your well, assumption
0: that's what i assumed and here's a quote from jerry taylor okay uh Uh, I did get lots of thank yous from both gay and straight people who appreciated the story as a science fiction treatment of the intolerance of choice and need as a tragedy. Uh, Michael Piller agreed. We didn't want to just blow off the issue by showing a same-sex couple holding hands in the corner. Uh, Hang on.
1: How would that be blowing the issue off?
0: So the story... Hang on. Let me just back this up. Here we go. From over... This is from Larry Nemechek's book. For over 25 years, Trek's two television series had pioneered intelligent and fair-minded depiction of various sexes, races, and ethnic groups, including aliens. One notable and controversial exception, though, was homosexuals. With relative freedom and expression granted... TNG, various writing letter campaigns over the years grew more and more insistent that one or more gay crew member be seen. Uh, Jerry Taylor jumped at the chance to take the teleplay, the first of the late season run that emerged from the writer's Mexican Weekend. Uh, We don't get Mexican Weekends. And she brought the script a real empathy for the feelings towards the powerless and disenfranchised. After the show aired, Taylor received mail from viewers who ranged all the way from fundamentalists on the religious right who thought the episode should have been balanced with the other side, whatever that means, to gays who thought the ending might be misinterpreted as sanctioning Soren's brainwashing therapy.
1: Yeah. though that's a separate issue we should get to. But the... uh, That's interesting. Wow. Then it's... I don't know. Then it's even more prescient than I would say that that it... it really seems to... And I think... I guess this was my... One of my bumping points was I was like... Aren't they doing a gender thing? Not that they're not doing a homosexuality thing. It's, I think that would also be included. Um, but then to... Uh, th- hear the bottom line. Interest, it was interesting to me that I feel like... If you assume that they're... They set up this race as though they are evolved to me. And then I think they do a, a left turn in the middle in this scene where you realize the the humans in the Federation are more progressive. And it kind of felt like a recurring issue, uh, which I think has been commented on, and I definitely have a perspective on, that uh, that they always present the federation in this kind of colonial way of like, yeah, but we're the ones whose cultures is more evolved than the others, than these yeah. aliens. Um, even to Vulcans and people who are theoretically uh, races that are theoretically, you know, sort of presented as smarter than us. It's always like, yeah, but the humans are the best. Yeah. Um, and I can I think that's kind of what bumped me with this is that I would have preferred it be, it's it's the people from from the enterprise reacting
0: well that's 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 the 2018 episode of star trek the next generation
1: yeah i guess that's true that's
0: not that's true then so it's it i mean it's interesting for me to hear your pov on this because i'm someone who you know i was nine years old when this episode aired so i've had it in my life for so long yeah that it never was anything but the um the homosexuality allegory, um, but it is interesting so you, watching it yeah. now through the through the gendered sort of uh, gender neutral uh, politics and awareness. I call it politics is belittling it uh, through the twenty twenty lens. Yeah, it is interesting now because you are watching more than anything now. You are watching the. Uh, Gender juggling Right Rather than the homosexuality Because in the 30 years Since this episode has aired You know And this is obviously I'm from Massachusetts A very progressive state And I moved out to Los Angeles So my whole sort of life Homosexuality for me Was never odd Or wrong Or different so watching it you just sort of were like yeah see the federation is right we get this but now there's a whole other layer Uh of social awareness that you're now retroactively applying to an episode that was written 30 years ago Yeah, which is hard it's hard to sort of separate the two so, for you, your first time watching it is 2020. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I guess I'm, yeah.
1: I guess w- w- the ex- it, what's interesting is that uh, I didn't feel like I was judging it harshly because I was... Uh, first of all, I, I think this, just as a general thing, I think this episode's incredibly impressive in the things that it is tackling and in the handling of it. And in the fact that it's. it's an episode where, kind of to your point at the top of the episode... There's so little actual action in this episode yes. it's mostly conversations and discussions of the topic, which is amazing sci-fi um, but it's interesting because from my perspective they're setting up the episode to discuss the gender issues right right um, and, and then and then they sort of just take a turn into having it only be sexuality issues so um, so for my head, it was like, oh wait, what? So what am I evaluating it on the you basis of? You were watching
0: of? it. You were watching it from the future, right? Yeah. Um, Which but, is interesting. Uh,
1: but that being said, I feel like, even given the time, they're perilously close to having given an episode of sci-fi that addressed all of the issues in an equitable progressive way so
0: they almost they just had to dismount correctly it was so
1: close it's so
0: impressive they really yeah to 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 andy's point it really is a high wire act and uh they're so close to the other building (laughs) and it just they just sort of fall off yeah um Let me see here. Let me. Their plan works. I'm sorry uh, to everyone. I am. I have 19 minutes left and we're not far into the episode. (laughs) You want to finish it later? uh, I can't. I'm busy until midnight. Okay.
1: Well,
0: I'm not Um, doing anything at any point. (laughs) Whatever you want to (laughs) do. Well, I mean.
1: It's my fault. I delayed today.
0: Let's just use the full time. And uh, plot-wise, they rescue the shuttle. So the main problem of the the main quote-unquote problem of the episode, Star Trek problem, is solved 26 minutes into the episode when they beam the survivors to sickbay. And then we continue with the actual A story. Wow, that's, that's right fascinating to breathe
1: a that it was solved that early. I would, because yeah. I attendance. did kind of feel like a weird feeling internally of like, where is this going now? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why. It comes second nature to
6: you. I was raised outdoors. I've never been very comfortable in
1: crowded rooms. Oh, an interesting detail.
0: Oh, he's, he's from, from Alaska. Ship. He's from Alaska. He's on a starship. It's all crowded rooms no the bridge isn't that crowded unless these fucking Jani are all over the place why'd we beam 17 of them onto the bridge I gotta move my chair (laughs) what do you
7: think of our planet isn't it beautiful yes it is it's beautiful we have many varieties of plant life perhaps you would like to inspect some of them
6: yes i would i've always been interested in exobotany.
0: that was essentially her saying do you want to come up (laughs) you up (laughs) you want to you want to get some you want to have some coffee upstairs um just to just to close out the
1: other the other discussion we had i think what what threw through a loop threw me for a loop was that I liked the idea of them tackling that this was a genderless race and how would Riker react to it and, and Riker sort of being attracted to this, to this, to this per, uh, person and not having it be any gender and not having it sort of hit his radar or tackling those issues. And that that's felt like that would be really a, a nice move for the show to make. Well, um, especially after the which episode. Which, to Frakes' point of casting a male as the character.
0: Yeah, especially when you think about the Trill episode, where the host becomes, a, uh, where there's a now a female Trill host. Right, there's a gender switch. And then Crusher's like, this doesn't work for me. Peace right, out. I'm not,
1: I can't do this. And, yeah. it, it's not, and it's never labeled specifically, but it kind of feels like that's the subtext.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So they go. They go. Kiss in a in a little. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, garden. Yep. They get found out by uh, by uh, what's her face. quite Their face. quite Sorry. Um. Well, I had and, think I. She is she the, did she play the judge too. Uh, I don't think so. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Never mind.
4: Come in.
1: What is she going through? Her mother sent her a bunch of stuff. It's uh, a weird hello, Will. side issue. What's all this?
4: Wonderful things.
7: My mother sent me a box that belonged to one of my father's ancestors. It was stored on Earth and just recently turned up.
1: Is it just color? you know it's who where these people are.
7: No. Some of the pictures have names on, but most of them don't. I look at these faces and I wonder who they are and if they could be related to me. Well
6: this one looks like you.
1: I missed that joke. Deanna.
0: She doesn't <laughs> laugh. She doesn't laugh. That's why he's not attracted mind. to her right now. That's
1: she doesn't laugh at his jokes. That's
0: happened? that's when he makes the decision. He's like, yeah. should
1: I be with Soren or should I be with Diana? <laughs> well yeah. I'm gonna try that's out my <laughs> sweet, sweet
0: new bear joke on her and see if she laughs. <laughs> I've met someone. A fair joke is gold. This is it. This is over.
6: <laughs> someone who's becoming important to me.
1: Sorry. Yes.
0: You're my friend, and I thought. I don't know. I thought I shouldn't tell slow you. Slow push over here onto uh, Troy Yeah. Nothing will change and between us.
4: Yeah,
1: of sure. yeah.
4: All relationships are constantly
7: changing. Yeah but we'll still be friends maybe better friends you're a part of my life and I'm a part of yours that much will always be true
0: she's so right they'll get married
1: I don't as always I'm like what's I don't know what's going on with these two he's, he's telling her he's going out with somebody else are they going out are they not going out He has to let her know when he's feelings, feelings for people.
0: I think they're friends with benefits on the ship. Honestly, it's never said explicitly. You just have all the context and like all of the conversations and that to go on. And you've seen everything that I've seen minus the next two seasons. But to me, it just feels like it's always a this arrangement works for us right now. Let's not fuck with the arrangement until we have to.
1: I, that really would fit a lot of the details I guess also overlaid that is probably that we can infer, even though I don't know that it's is it said directly it we can infer based on uh troy's mother and um and general things she said that she probably has a very fluid perspective about uh about sexual relationships in terms of like you know. What, whatever what shape it takes, yeah, uh and obviously Riker's down for everything
0: he's down to clown doesn't matter he's down to clown anyone and so, any any race,
1: but it's very strange that they don't label it or say anything or and yet they have a scene like this I think it's really and like troy is is disappointed and kind of. Uh, and hurt when he tells her at the at the top of the scene.
0: I think you're really putting a lot of you onto this. You need That's it. Not you need true. it defined. If you look at her look at the top. You of need the scene it where defined.
1: Say, she says, "Soren," and she no, no, looks no. down. I don't
0: mean on the scene. I mean on the Riker-Troy TNG relationship. You need oh, well. it defined so badly in your brain. You, i they need, need a girlfriend what's gonna happen i want
1: to know what's gonna happen between them <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like you're just watching i, know I already know <laughs> the worst soap opera in the world
6: <laughs> hello i'm here to see Sorin. i know we had an appointment we were going to discuss- i don't
7: think so commander Excuse me? We know about the two of you. We know what you're doing. Where and is We're gonna make sure it doesn't happen again.
6: Answer me, where is Soren
7: In custody. And there's nothing you can do about it.
0: The hell there isn't. I've got a lot of pew pews on this ship. You are aware of the charges against you?
7: Yes. Do you intend to dispute them?
0: This lady well. I had a claim to fame. She has a claim to fame? Yes. Uh, all right, Andy Secunda's claim to fame. I gotta find that. We haven't we haven't had a claim to fame in like four weeks.
1: It hasn't been a long time. I don't know that it's really worth going through the whole rigmarole. Secunda's claim to fame. I know him from something big.
0: All right, what is it?
1: I knew her from Seinfeld, and she was. uh <laughs> She was, uh, I think, Elaine's boss.
0: Elaine's boss.
1: Definitely someone she was answering to. There you go.
0: All right. That was Secunda's Claim to Fame, everybody. Secunda's Claim to Fame.
1: I know him from something big.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do love that segment. That, Frank Sinatra Come On and Megan, Andy Secunda's Claim to Fame are my two favorite segments on the show.
1: It was Megan Cole was the name of the actress, if you want to look her up and figure uh, out what episode I of like, Seinfeld she was in.
0: I like Riker's valiant attempt at uh, trying to take the blame here. Your ways
6: until she explained them to me and rejected me. Nothing happened between us. I ask you forgiveness. I behaved inappropriately.
7: Is this true? No. Sorry. I am tired of lies. I am female. I was born that way. I have had those feelings, those longings, all of my life. It is not unnatural I am not sick because I feel this way I do not need to be helped I do not need to be cured
0: well don't worry they're going to cure you I put Larry (laughs) Nemechek's air quotes uh, in there as well
1: this again is just a really masterful uh, monologue uh, I believe uh, in addressing all of the all the possible issues, and um, it's very heartfelt, great performance, um, and really impressive. And uh, Picard has—do we skip? I think we skipped over the Picard interaction with Riker, which, by the way, this is the second episode right I here. think in a row where you got Picard kind of on the wrong wow. side of something. I could talk to you, and, and Riker yelling at him
5: perhaps there's a way to work something out
6: so their minds are set they don't want to hear another alternative then I'm not sure that there's much that we can do there has to be my relationship with Soren is not trivial she's very important to me it's my fault that this happened I have to help her well if you're here for
5: sanction to take matters into your own hands I can't give it to you I know that
0: and I have to do something yeah I have to go Okay. I have to go do my guitar lesson.
1: Okay. Do you want to... Uh, 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 we well, I probably only have about 15 minutes left. Do you want to uh, circle back at some point today? Uh, or tomorrow, whatever.
0: something. Let's... Interfering in the internal affairs. Let's hear how Captain Picard thinks. Riker should handle it.
5: Well, if you're here for sanction to take matters into your own hands. I can't give it to you. I know that. But I have to do something. Interfering in... Well... Wow. But I have to do something. Interfering in the internal affairs of the is prohibited by the Prime Directive. I'm aware of that. You violate it. You may be jeopardizing your career. Starfleet doesn't take these matters lightly, Will, and I can't defend you if you go too far. You understand? You've made yourself very clear, sir put at risk everything you've worked for. Thank you.
6: May I be excused now?
0: I mean, look, if you're gonna throw your way your career in front of Captain Very Picard, strange. saying, may I be excused now, is the perfect way to exit. Uh, sure. Um...
1: He's, I feel like he starts at, Picard starts out okay and I feel like he's done He's we've seen him in scenes like this before where he's kind of like he knows that morally he's probably on the side of the person he's talking to but he's sort of playing captain um, because that's what he has to um, but here when you go into the stuff about don't throw your career
0: away that
1: seems like a weird position to take <laughs>
0: But well guess, it's 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 accurate in the sense of like if you do this and those the that planet files a complaint, you will be yeah. booted out of Starfleet. And then what are you gonna do? Go make pea soup in Alaska
1: <laughs> Make burnt burnt pizza <laughs> on a planet somewhere? That's not um, the Will Riker we know. Um the um
0: what was the other thing I was going to
1: say? He's...
0: Eh, crap. Do you think he's, he's, too, he's, he's not invested enough in it as Picard? Or do you think that he...
1: Oh, I guess it's... it's the issue is... Part of it is... And I even, even think the end of the episode um, is the question. Is when they're saying they're doing this tectonic shift or whatever the hell they call it the the um, psycho psychotectic therapy yeah um, w- what is it because at the end I mean it would be bad enough if the suggestion is we're going to essentially change your sexual preference scientifically that in and of itself would be bad at the end of the episode I feel like it's almost like they've changed who Soren is as a person. Like, it's almost like they've removed parts of Soren's personality.
0: Yeah, it's unclear what the actual procedure is, because it's all baloney, doesn't work on Earth, and it probably really doesn't work on this planet, (laughs) but... Well, what I
1: fear is it does work on this planet because it changes who (laughs) that person is. Well, that's
0: the problem with the episode, right? That's the end of the episode is the problem with the episode, really. Right. Right. Inherently, it's it's weirdly taking this psychotherapy approach, which is which is bunk, and and validating it in this story.
1: Well, I, I guess that this this scene is is to the point of whether they're validating or not. They're definitely saying it's possible. This scene. I don't know that if the argument of the episode Between i wouldn't hold Riker them accountable and... for saying you could change someone's sexual preference with science. I don't think that they're saying that. No. I think they're saying in a sci fi world where if you could change it, would it be moral? I don't know that they're saying that. No. Nope. However
0: Yeah, that's not what it's about either.
1: They are saying that Picard Because from my perspective it's almost the equivalent of uh of maybe killing is going too far, but it's it's a massive uh, violation of this individual's rights, and I feel like in any other circumstance, Picard well, would be like, "Well, no, we can't stand we, by and allow this no, to happen." Even no, if it's no, the we've planets. seen this.
0: We've seen this before. I can cite a couple of examples. The biggest, okay, uh, the ahead. biggest one that pops into well, there's two big ones that pop into my mind. The one where Loxana Troy's uh, boyfriend wants has to return to his planet to kill himself. Yes, and the one where the child. Uh, is rescued and Picard forms that relationship with the child who wants to go who is to be returned back to their abusive father and Picard returns him back
1: which one is that Uh, oh oh, the one with the kid that lived with him yes is that what happens at the end of that episode yes
0: he doesn't choose to go back he does choose to go back. The child chooses to go back, and also, by the way, sh- yeah, Riker puts that puts it out there. You can seek asylum on the Enterprise. You can come to the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, and ch- she chooses not to. Sorin does choose it herself. Yeah.
0: So this is all very but in line with the Picard we've seen before regarding these affairs. Soren
1: chooses it herself, so I understand why it ends the way it does, and why Riker backs off. What I don't understand is why. Picard isn't a little bit more like, well, oh, well, then we have to rescue Soren.
0: But he can't. That would violate the prime directive, much like he doesn't in those previous episodes. He's He offers asylum to both yeah. people. The doctor does take it initially. And also yeah. the argument here, uh, Picard is not – it's not his position here to be morally uh, – defending or denying what is happening uh, on the planet his role here story wise is for Will Riker
1: I certainly understand that and I understand that's why we don't get into it further and why it doesn't take up so he doesn't actually take up any position perspective when it's like we're ignoring the prime directive because there's a higher moral imperative but I will argue and in this situation it feels like Saying saying to Soren, we are going to change your sexual preference would be bad enough, but it seems like what they do is even further, which is change Soren's personality. And that seems to me like that would be a higher moral imperative I think, I, I, I think they're equal. Soren says, I'm not going to fight this anymore. Let them do whatever they're going to do. That I understand, although she doesn't really say, No, she's scared. She just makes her speech and says, I'm not going to hide anymore.
0: Yeah. But I would also argue that. We do get a little bit of what you're asking for in the end, which I think is really nice. The very end of the show, when Captain Picard knows full well what Riker was up to and deliberately told Starfleet to, that they he would notify them when they would be on their way. Because that's Picard going, I'm waiting for you, Will, to do what you need to do down there. And then we'll be underway right. to our next mission. So that That's is fair. that is Picard's that. way of handling that. It's like, yeah. you don't need me to tell you what to do. My, yeah. Here's how I'm going to show you my support. I'm yeah. not. I buy by that. Um, fixed it.
1: You can play Matt. Fixed it.
0: <laughs> uh, I haven't fixed anything in a while. I'm really proud of myself for finally fixing yeah. it although
1: i don't i don't know if we need another jingle of andy broke it then matt it fixed didn't it. make sense but matt fixed it
0: you didn't break it
1: because you you know you got to play that separate one with andy broke it also <laughs> and then matt fixed it after uh, <laughs> it made perfect sense but andy
2: broke it probably forever damn you andy it didn't make sense, Matt it, it. There you go. I would
0: argue it, it did make sense. I was just bringing pointing it out to you. <laughs> I guess so. That's all. It
1: didn't make sense, but then Matt noted the thing that Andy should have seen at the end
0: of the episode. Yeah. You were probably just so excited. Um, you were so excited to be done watching this episode. You were like, what an episode. And then you didn't even pay attention to what Picard was saying at the end.
1: It's possible.
0: Um, and then Wharf is like in. hey look I've changed also I've grown as a person I'm gonna help you help these people I find weird
1: it's true
0: around the null space fine leave
2: it I'll take a look at it later yes sir <laughs>
1: he's got a PO and he probably heard what Worf was saying thank you
2: <laughs> you're dismissed commander no I am aware of what transpired on the planet's surface Are you by any chance considering an unannounced visit? I will go with you. Lieutenant. Sir, you are my commanding officer. If you order me to stay on board, I will obey. But I ask you not to give that order. A warrior does not let a friend face danger alone.
0: I would like. I would like a whole episode of Riker and Worf, uh, clandestine incursions into alien places. A hundred percent. We only get glimpses of it. What a great it.
1: buddy show that would have been. Ugh,
0: would have been so much, so much joyful, um, uh, terrible fighting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really like that scene, and I like that Worf handles it that way, and I like that they kind of buy back the earlier thing.
0: So really, they're just they're just sewing up all the loose um, ends for you. Are we
1: past twenty eight oh eight? Where are we? We're way past that.
0: We're at forty two. We're twenty eight. Here we go. Twenty eight oh eight. Everybody, Andy's time code. Andy's favorite time. We don't code.
1: even. Yeah, I mean, it's only really for you to see. Basically, they've been uh, the oxygen there's a, moment,
0: we're war, we're, there's a
1: moment where there's a moment where where Riker, uh, Riker crosses. And yes, I think doesn't even the actor look. That wasn't on their mark, and you, and it kind of looks like. I guess he's playing it in character. Kind of looks like Frakes is like a little bit annoyed that he has to kind of scoot around the actor. Oh, <laughs> but I. And it also fits with uh, the thing we heard earlier in the episode. Yeah, I, but, uh, I, I wonder. Will does not like uh, rooms with a lot of crowded people.
0: <laughs> also, he doesn't like that. That's person. That's true because he Quite. is what he's coming off story-wise. What he's coming off of is he's just heard. Uh, what a tough time she had had yeah uh and what will happen to her right and then cause yeah. like this to me I read that as ooh he's really icing that that person out
4: they've been oxygen deprived
0: uh, he does take a he, but he does really take a he does have, he does have to do a shoulder slide <laughs> Yeah, it's, as always,
1: Frakes does it in a suave way. But uh, I did note it. Um, and then the other thing, and this is the biggest thing in the episode, bigger than any of the gender issues or the questions of uh, of how much they nailed it. Is suddenly, see Jordy. Jordy's got a Riker
0: beard. It's not addressed. Well, he's had a beard it before. Come back. He's had a beard before. I don't. Yeah, they have really the whole has. scene where they talk about growing a beard and what it uh, what it means. I think beards are proud. Uh, know. Worf and Riker and Geordi all have beards, and they're around the poker table. And actually, you know, it's funny you bring that up because it also it it that the makeup conversation is had in that episode as well. Wait, Worf.
1: Wait, uh, Jordy Jordy Wharf ha, they have a conversation about Jordy's beard in that scene
0: yes I noticed uh, that's you're growing Data's beard isn't it no oh really
1: oh, yeah wow, I f- totally forgot so
0: he's had a beard since then no no not since then but in that episode he had a beard randomly and in this episode mm. he has a beard randomly alright you're the expert It's so i like, trust you there's two beards two, beard two, two now. Jordy and beards it really struck me I'm a beard expert and a Star Trek expert. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. You're you both a beard expert and a Star Trek expert. Yeah. Um, that's what it'll say on your tombstone. But I did...
0: A, I, <laughs> I, I, I noticed it, and I was like, oh, wow. Because I thought the only episode he ever had a beard on was that other one I'm referencing. Yeah. And it turns out it's this one. Two. So I, I, thought, he had, I thought he was a one-beardo as well. But it turns out, so far, two beardos.
1: I Excuse wonder me. if they had... If he was doing another part or something, it's such a bold change to throw in the middle of an episode.
0: I think it's fine.
1: I mean it totally makes sense. People grow beards and cut beards all the time shave beards all the time, but it's it just seems odd in a show where everybody looks exactly the same.
0: Uh in every episode. Yes. Well yeah, it did I guess it did pop out at me as well. But uh let's play this this final conversation that Soren has with Riker
7: you cannot do
6: this i won't let them hurt you you'll be safe on the enterprise
7: i am so sorry it was my fault that you got involved in all this
5: everything's going to be all right everything's going to be fine
7: no it is not what are you talking about it was all a mistake And I should have realized it from the beginning. What? That I was sick. I had these terrible urges, and that is why I reached out to you. But it was wrong. And I see that now. I do not understand how I could have done what I did.
6: Maybe Dr. Crusher could treat you and bring you back to the way you were.
7: Why would I want that?
6: Soren. I love you.
7: I'm
1: sorry. It's kind of. It's kind of. I think that. I mean, one of the many things that bumps me about this is it's suggesting that Soren hasn't just lost her attraction for. For Riker she has no memory of having loved him <laughs> yeah I mean they
0: fucked her up
1: Yeah, fucked them so, up
0: now I mean I guess my overall is that's not cool no it's not cool and uh, it's a weird sort of uh, position because if, if Will Riker saying I love you doesn't stop you in your tracks uh, yeah. they've done something horrible to you
1: yeah they've really messed you up um um I want Maybe that's the reason Picard was uh Picard is like uh not saying go down there and and get Soren. He's like he's a little bit like, "Hey, what about me? I thought you were into me." You know you're you're obsessed with me. Uh um uh another side issue. Um what is Riker's plan? <laughs> Him and we're going to grab her and then get her back to the ship and then what then what? Like you're going to keep a A diplomatic liability on the ship against Picard's wishes?
0: Well, I assume his order of operations is, I'll bring you up to the ship, you'll Mm -hmm. formally uh, seek asylum, it will be granted, and we'll live happily ever after. It's going to be awkward around Troy, but we'll get through this. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You fix it again. (laughs) And then this is what I was talking about uh, with... Uh Picard uh, earlier with Andy this is uh, the scene where I think you sort of get sort of what Picard was going for here
5: how long to the Feeling system Mr. Data at warp 6 53 hours sir Commander Captain Starfleet has sent a message asking us to proceed to the Felon system to negotiate a trade agreement yes sir I didn't know I went to tell them we would be there. Is our business with the Janai
6: finished? Finished, sir?
1: Very well. She uh, told me that she takes no out of orbit. interested. No, no, I don't. I don't need. I'm trying <laughs> no, to no, have no. a conversation. Just gonna, just gonna head out of here. Warp six. Uh, I just, I just, uh, what, what happened was it was really heartbreaking nope, nope, because uh, warp I, six, warp I six. Uh, okay.
0: Commander well. Riker, could you check uh, with the uh, in engineering? So technically,
1: they don't have genders, but then it turned out she did have a gender, and then in the end, they took her gender away. So it was just sort of a bummer. It's
0: like we learned a lesson, but then it ended weird. And we learn nothing at all. Uh, There you go, everybody. That's the uh, that's the episode. Offspring, uh, season five, episode seventeen. And with that, we must issue a a award. We'll call it (laughs) an empty award. An empty, another empty award. Here we go.
8: The mvc yeah, the MBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that
3: this podcast is free. All
0: right. Huh podcast is free so with that in mind andy who is the most valuable crew member of this episode uh i think it's
1: Riker, just because in the end he was the most instrumental in saving the other shuttle
0: i think it's data for saying almost nothing (laughs) <laughs> staying, staying avoiding avoiding controversy yeah. because he is a is a, an android who doesn't understand what the big fuss is here. Um, uh, no. Uh, doesn't data say? Yeah, I'll give it to Riker because he at least when, fucking when tries Tasha to stop it. When hooks up it. with
1: him, doesn't and she's asking him what he's capable of. Doesn't doesn't he imply he can have sex with? He is like fully functional for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genders, he he, I he yeah.
0: Andy fucks the Borg queen too. It's good times. Um yep. the uh data gets down is what we're saying. Um sure. so I will also give I will get, a, get, get it give to Riker as well, because at least he tries to go down there and stop the conversion therapy. He so, does. so Riker, a valiant attempt, Worf, way to way to grow as a as a Klingon and help out your good old pal Riker. Alright. Yeah. Now we must find out. What we think of the episode on a scale of Andys?
3: How many Andys does this episode get?
1: Um, this is a little bit of a tough one because, uh, on the uh, on the one hand, I think it's just a remarkable accomplishment. I mean whether you think of it for the time or not for the time, I think it's like, as you were saying, it's just a fantastic piece of sci-fi. They spend so much time, not on action, but on dialogue, just these calm, subtle scenes, um, uh, really playing out the relationship between these two people and addressing the issues in as as well a a job as they could on a show that has very questionable moves sometimes. (laughs) Um, uh, on the and I and I really am impressed with all of it, and the acting is great all around, and the writing is great. Um, and I, I don't even deduct points for their sort of failing at the end because I feel like that's that's just more of their the the you know their lack of vision for the time,
0: but the and they also have to pull the, the ripcord on the ending, like because they're like we've spent so much time, we have to wrap the show up. How do we do that? right,
1: although they had time there was a very it was a very sort of not you know it wasn't an action pack. No, I mean like, like by the time movements. they get to that act stuff, like like weird Deanna's weird, side, like opening her box and looking <laughs> at the items or mother center um so there's a lot I really like i don't I don't know it it was hard to get through. I don't know if that's a plotting issue, um,
0: but you know what? It really was a great episode, so I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, you're very close. I give it a 7, uh, mm-hmm. and all of that is earned by the first uh, five acts of this of this episode. Uh, with a With a more graceful dismount, it could have been up there with like a 9, but it is just meaty science fiction dialogue where we learn something about society without even realizing it. But then we learn yeah. the wrong thing at the end. I think I'm giving it the extra boost.
1: It probably would have been a 7 or a 7.5 in terms of enjoyment, but I'm giving it that extra boost just because I'm really impressed with how, how big a swing they took. Uh,
0: so, uh, Andy, it's time to take a, take, a, take a quick little gander at next week's uh, episode. We're going to take a look at the trailer for Cause and Effect. Uh, TNG season five, episode eighteen. I am yeah. excited to show it to Andy. It's one of my uh, it's one of the more uh, enjoyable episodes in, in my in my feeling of Star Trek-a-dom. And uh, Andy, I'm going to send you the link so you can visually also view it. And here you are. Oh, boom. Guys, we're doing it. Remote remote podcasting.
1: Oh.
0: So, Andy, let's uh, hit play at the same time, shall we? Oh wait, I'm sorry.
1: Um hang on one sec.
0: Will I edit this part out? I don't know. Sorry. Let's go. All right. I'm, Ready? Uh we'll hit we'll do three, two, one, play. Yep. Okay, you give us the count. Three,
1: two, one. All right. Caught in an endless time loop.
2: We could have been trapped here for hours, days, maybe years. Unable to remember
5: the past. How did it happen? How did we get there? A starship collision lies dead ahead.
7: We have to get out of here now.
5: Can the crew escape their own destiny?
4: Casualty reports coming in from all over the ship.
8: Or will time tick towards their final hour?
4: All hands,
1: abandon ship! On Star Trek: The
8: Next Generation.
0: There you go. Cause Jesus, an that looks amazing. Yeah, you'll have a good time with it, I think. Uh, well, I'm
1: excited.
0: Finally, we got an episode that has things blowing up for Andy. I like the pew <laughs> Uh All right, everybody. We'll see you. Uh, we won't see you. You'll hear us uh, again next week. Uh, in the meantime. Stay cool or warm, but mostly stay away from each other. Okay. (laughs) Stay golden. Mm. Why no work? (laughs) He got in it. Almost got it. Disengage.
8: Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter, at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matter Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, PO Box 46898, Los Angeles, California 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC via Lieutenant for only $5 per month or Join the President's Circle for $17.01 per month.